you forget. Zagtal was destroyed by the Crystal Space Devil. The Crystal Space Devil was once my brother, Prince Hiroshi. I mourn his loss, but what matters now is protecting Earth from that fruit armada. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 26, Reincarnation. So Ben. Yes. Guess who had forgotten to figure out something to ask and has to think about it right now? Is it me? (laughs) Yes, actually. 70 foot tall vertical leap. <laughs> that was still the best opening bit we've ever done. Um, it's in, uh, uh, we've got an iTunes review now that <laughs> mentions the 70 foot tall vertical leap. This is better than any bit I could come up with. This is wonderful. Do you want me to read? I do want to read it. Okay. I want, I want to read it on air to, to, to just say, this is what we want. <laughs> okay. This review comes from... J.W. Portland. Ooh. I know exactly who that is. So, is it's James of The World Beyond the Tale. Bean and Mike. Thank good typo. Starting off. <laughs> Strong start. Starting off feel a real, little, real good. Feel a little bit better about messing up the podcast, but here we go. Bean and Mike are good friends who do goofy talk about Futurama and sometimes King of the Hill. And there's the disastrous opening bit, like who would you high-five if you could jump 70 feet? Come for the Futurama. Stay for the ridiculously funny non-Futurama stuff. It's why I'm here. <laughs> it's why I'm stuck wa- listening to this forever. Uh, so yeah. That's, Th- that's a that's a good uh, review. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good review. It's five is stars. It, is it Bean as in B-E-A-N or B-E-E-N? B-E-E-N. Okay, because it'd be funnier if he had a nickname for you and it was Bean. B-E- Like, oh, there's there's Mike and his Bean. It's like, why, <laughs> why is that the nickname you've given us? We've got one. D- did I ever mention that we got one from Turbo Wolf 2018? I feel like we talked Af- about Turbo after Wolf. After we mentioned, yeah, we had a whole thing about Turbo Wolf. Uh, Turbo Wolf 2018 says, to Captain Ben and Mike, they're the best. At being big jerks who are stupid and their big ugly face are as dumb as a butt. Hey man, that's th- that's I mean, a great one. That's great, huh? That's a great review. I feel like if you see that review, you're not confused in the slightest. Does this mean we're just advertising for ourselves now yes. during this opening bit? You have in this gig economy, you got to do the side hustles, and then in the side hustles, you got to re-hustle the same high s- side hustle. Hustle your side hustle, mm-hmm. the podcast from Back to the Futurama. I mean, we've given you dating tips. We now it's time to give you business tips, and then next week I'm assuming cool guy tips for your hair. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Exactly. Cool guy tips. <laughs> so no, I've um I mentioned this during our pre-show banter, which Patreon listeners can probably listen to probably um, who knows i still haven't op- uploaded last week's because the point is i've been i've been on vacation this <laughs> week ben is a good island boy 
so my brain is just it has been checked out it is nice and plasticky um so like all the stuff that i should be doing like posting last week's uh patreon bonus content and taking good quality notes on this week's <laughs> oh, good. Futurama. Uh, those things just don't exist. So what I'm what I'm hearing is that I might have to drive some of the notes. Um. Yes. Okay. Great. That is definitely what I'm saying. Also. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's all I got. I I'm super checked out, which is great. Like. Imagine a super chill guy, and okay. then hold on, let me let me do this. A super chill guy, got it. And then imagine a knob that like okay that that nearby you can, you can uh, j- sure it doesn't the location doesn't ne- matter. Is, is it him? He's he's turning it or no? Or is he just standing there he's, and I'm turning? No, it he's on. too chill to turn a knob. He's, he's so he's, chill. He's so chill that you're like, hey guy, what's up? I found this cool knob, and then he's like. The hell are you talking about? And I, then he goes I'm back also to like, who says I found this cool knob? <laughs> and then he goes back to sipping his daiquiri because he doesn't got time for you. Yeah, screw you know, screw the knob. I want a daiquiri. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and then imagine above that knob. Okay, what does it say above this knob? It says chill factor. Well, and then, then and then you crank that knob up another thirty percent. Oh, that's a lot of chill factor. And then all of a sudden you look over and he's got a second daiquiri in his other hand. That is so chill. But you don't get one because he's double fisting it. He's getting both those daiquiris. He is so chill and I am so... In fact, my chill factor has been taken from me to give to the chill man. That is what I'm I'm like right now. Man, I'm just... I cannot... I feel like we we are on a timeshare with this chill that we just need to pass it back and forth, and you're taking all of it right now on vacation, it's, it's and I've all, got none of it. It's all my chill. I own it now. Own it. I, I, this I was own a timeshare. I'm gonna pull up the contract and show that I get it on this weekend's. Life's too chill for contracts, my dude. <sighs> See, this is why <laughs> I shouldn't have gone in for the timeshare on the chillness with Ben, because he's too chill now. You get pretty screwed out of of the chill factor it's true when you know, you're not the first one you know i just i should have listened to my aunt she told me don't do this but yeah you know she she said i've done this before it does not help and then i should have listened to her because now i have no chill but see now as a millennial i'm trying to figure out if there's a way i can monetize this chill oh, there's how, do always we, a way. how do we turn this chill into an app chill share the app mm-hmm. where you can borrow people's chill it's it's like the modern uh need some chill take some chill have extra chill leave some chill like a tip like a like a penny jar but for chill exactly and that and it would come in pill form because this is how you did what they said when i was a kid take a chill pill oh that you is going pills. away from the app idea but you know well, you order pills from the oh. internet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the FDA will clearly be fine with this. Yes, I, I'm seeing no problems here. And the FCC and all of the federal various agencies, the FVA, federal various agencies, they'll yeah, all be chill. Yeah, I'm sure the ADA and everybody's going to be, cool be with t- it. totally chill with it. Um, and if they're not, just bribe them with some of your chill pills and then they'll be, they'll be too chilled out to do anything. It's fine. Now, I, as a, uh, an initial investor, I have a question about these chill pills. 
what is in them and is it weed? Don't you worry about what's in them. Let me worry about weed. <laughs> okay, that was perfect. Let's talk about reincarnation. I mean, we're, we, we did the great segue directly into Futurama with that wonderful quote. Uh, so it's a non-canonical episode that takes place in three different parts. In yeah. Three different animation styles. I, I, I think, okay. <laughs> Cause I think we're already going to get to a point of contention. I think it's visually done very well. I would agree with that. Okay. Never mind. This is not where the contention will be. From what I understand, there will be some contention. Life's too chill for contention. Oh, I forgot. My dude. I, I forgot. We've got chill bin. So... Uh, but yeah, so we get these three little uh, cartoon vignettes in various yeah. styles. I, I I read, I think on one of the wikis that I was doing like, oh, is this alien have a name? Oh, does this alien have a name? Um, they're all named Garbo. They're all named Garbo. It's a triptych, I believe, is is like the, the, the different, the three different. Pieces. I mean, that's what you would call a, a painting that has like three different, like it's right. three parts, like three different canvases. You'd call it a triptych. Yeah. I think um, that's the interpretation that at least the person who was writing this wiki was like, okay, it's this, then this, then this. And that's, I want to see that person's wiki credentials. Wow. Chill, chill Ben has turned into wi- wiki enforcer chill Ben. Look, life may be too chill. For, it's never too chill to enforce the wiki rules. It's never too chill for peer review. <laughs> <laughs> what a motto. I love it. Oh, that's so good. Uh, anyways. We've not gotten into any of this episode. Yet. It starts out with the God Galaxy. He comes back and then he says something about don't step on a salamander because that might be you. Yeah, nothing really dies. It just comes back into new form. So there's that the reincarnation uh, bit that we're going for. So the initial one uh, part of the triptych is Colorama in glorious black and white. I used to live in Colorama. Denver's a pretty okay place. Pretty okay. Denver, Colorama. I, I do like... <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing for this. <laughs> you didn't know what to expect when you showed up today Man, for Island Boy time. Chill Ben, ben is throwing me up for a loop every time. Um, I do like that it's presented by the Child Labor Syndicate. I mean, I don't like it. I was going to say... <laughs> I, know, I recognize what I said. I... Uh, I appreciate the detail, but I am con- confu- uh, concerned with it. Uh, so it is old-timey animation. Like, literally everybody is rhythmically bouncing. Uh-huh. Including buildings. Uh-huh. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, um, I would say, maybe like 30s and 40s animation. I'm not a connoisseur. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a coinosaur of mm-hmm. animation. I, 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 it, it, I, I might be wrong, but it feels steamboat willie-esque to me sure i mean the steamboat willie definitely had that sort of like bouncing up and down yeah. sort of like you at, know at, at the very least that's the touch point that i think they were like that's kind of what we're going for i mean i feel like when you start out with with early cartoons like it's novel that it's like these drawings that are moving so any frame of animation that is not moving is wasted frames mm-hmm. it's a good thing that we've gotten away from that I yes. 
<laughs> I was going to come up with something clever, and all I could think of was trying to watch Futurama, where literally every frame of animation, someone is like bobbing up and down just to like get that visual. I mean, visual. We've, we've done it. It's part of this episode. So, <laughs> Leela, so it's it's all in black and white, despite being called Colorama. Mm-hmm. I love that little little gag. It's very good. And so Leela is singing a little song as she powders her nose. And Fry, meanwhile, is in love. You can tell because his heart is like bursting out of his chest, yeah. cartoon style. To the point where it, he turns around and it just starts whacking Bender. And it's <laughs> like, hey, watch out. And then he bangs the uh, the dents out. It's very good. I, I, I love a lot of those kind of... Because when Futurama is allowed to like jump outside of its usual animation style, it makes jokes about the animation style it's using. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And I really do appreciate it because it does it's not something that they get to do a lot. So, you know, when they go to video games, they make a whole lot of jokes about video games. I, it is similar to the the usual uh uh issue that I think we both have where it it kind of hammers things over the head with it, but I think because it's cut into threes and it does it in different ways, it's very enjoyable in this episode. Fry is in love, and Bender's like, why don't you just, like, like hook up with her then? And he's like, well, you know, I, I've i tried, but uh, I, all I've got is bad posture and severe financial problems. We're going to... Th- there's a immediately problematic thing that happens here that we have to address, I think. Yes. Um, Fry, Fry's like, Bender, do you think she'd ever marry me? And Bender's like, have you tried getting her pregnant? And Fry's like, I've tried and tried and I've only gotten Amy pregnant. What in the <laughs> world is this? Um, I have some questions about how Fry has gone about trying to get Leela pregnant. I also have a lot of questions, no concerns about the, the retrograde idea of trapping somebody in marriage when they're pregnant against their will or whatever. That's horrible and terrible. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I understand your mechanical questions. I mean, there's a lot here. Just when I think I started to understand how sex worked, Mm -hmm. I get this line, and now I'm confused all over again. It's true. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I do. I understand it either. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I thought I did. You know, I've been. (laughs) I have had the talk of the birds and the bees. I thought it was birds and bees. I I mean, so say we all. Um. So the, I don't remember exactly how it. My notes are garbage because again, I'm 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 on vacation. Yeah, chill bin over here. Um, this is uh, Fry's like I can't really afford a, a nice diamond ring. Um, and this is when they're all summoned to the laboratorium. The professor discovered a new comet. I do love that Leela's like I gotta get my eyes on or my eye on this, and then and then he has to adjust it and bounce it with her, <laughs> right? By, because like, she pulling she a lever, can't hold it's... still long enough to like. So so watching her bounce and the telescope bounce at the same time is just it's immensely satisfying to me as a comedic <laughs> visual. It's very good. The comet that the professor discovered is pure dimondium. Nothing can fracture it, even though Fry wants to break off some of it to make a ring. Which he says is for uh, he asks the question for personal reasons that uh, are not relevant. Yes, clearly not. Uh, the comet does leave a trail of abrasive comet powder, and the professor needs needs it to scrub his new doomsday device. So 
They have to go get the powder. He also points out that not even God 1 and God 2 combined could fracture this comet. And are we just going to leave it out there that like there's that God has a sequel and we're not even going to like talk about this? <laughs> I'm just I'm just happy that it's not like God one's name, God's two. It's just, you know, we got, there's just so much going on. You're God one, you're God two, fine. It's not like, you know, like in some religions where it's like, you've got all these different gods with all their different, like Zeus and, you know, Hermes and Apollo and like, no, 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 we don't have time for this. I was just thinking the God and the furious and then two God, two furious. <laughs> every good god sequel deserves a good god sequel name and why not just rip off fast and the furious i mean two god two furious is hilarious to me i can't wait till we get to god tokyo drift (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't even make any sense why not he's he's the god of of drift car racing why does that not make any sense by the fifth one i mean you're like i don't know like (laughs) uh drift car racing and um i don't know pornography why not all right cool all right here's up you're god five i never claimed i was good at making new religions (laughs) that is true that's not a thing you've claimed (laughs) i will point that out um Anyways, so yeah, uh, the professor delivers that line, and then we never talk about <laughs> the sequel to God ever again. Mm-hmm. It must have been direct to DVD. It must have been. But yes, as you pointed out, uh, there's it's covered by this dust, mm-hmm. uh, this aura of dust, and he wants that dust because it's abrasive and it'll mm-hmm. help polish his new doomsday device. I do love. So they they go into space to get it, and the pl- Planet Express ship is like coded as a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's ca- called by the moon. Mm-hmm. And I I just don't under... And, and also we see the moon's full butt. It's the the whole ass is on display. And I'm like, whoa, was not anticipating seeing the moon's ass today. I mean, usually, you know, the, the one side of the moon faces the earth at all times. So we don't get a chance to see that butt. And, and you know, it's not bad. Uh, you know. When you got it, you flaunt it. And by flaunt it, I mean to the entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. Not to us. Every everybody but us. Mm-hmm. Every everybody but us. So uh, yeah, they fly off to this comet. They start to soak up some of the powder, and Fries says, "I'm going to check the comet for anarchists." It, that seems like a legitimate, a legitimate enough reason for me. I mean, I don't know where anarchists hang out, but they very well could hang out on a giant, unbreakable Dimondium comet. I. Honestly, I want to hang out there. So, of course, anarchists would want to hang out there. I do want to point out that when he is bouncing around the Daimondium Comet, it is incredibly well-crafted 3D. Like, just, I mean, I've gone over this over and over again. When, But this one is just, it feels like they put way too much money into this one <laughs> sequence for no reason, because nothing happens. Uh-huh. So, I've been playing Cuphead. Okay. Uh, because I did end up buying it again on the Switch because why wouldn't I? It's sure. a great game and I love it. <laughs> but there are a lot of levels like that because it's all based on that 40s style animation. Sure. But there are a lot of levels that have like rotating 3D backgrounds. Sure. And so like I just want to know if this was like a thing 
that were, were like they had backgrounds that were just ultra realistic in 40s animation or if this is just an accidental reference to Cuphead that accidentally made a reference to you know whatever but there are there are like a handful of levels where it's just like this sure. super realistic 3D background I imagine it is probably a reference to something in those those cartoons that we currently don't know of I know that there is a um I don't remember what it's called but I remember when I was in film class in college there was a like a dome that you could spin and look through and see like a horse galloping mm-hmm. and i don't remember what it's called but it i mean it could be a reference to that who knows um i know of a thing that's pretty exciting for me uh-huh good to know that film class really paid off it's true also my wife scared the crap out of me when i was watching psycho and i'll never forgive her for that <laughs> um, i can't wait till we have a psycho podcast so i can put her on blast uh-huh. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um Oh, Psycho by the Minute podcast. Um Season I'm two. not saying no. Season two is the shot for shot remake. So You still have not said no. And I will continue not saying <laughs> no. So um, leaving your options open. I love it. If anybody actually knows a little bit more about this era of animation and can answer that because i'm i'd be curious too because i like i said i definitely thought of those levels from cuphead sure but i only thought of it because of cuphead which is very obviously you know they went really hard to try to make this yeah. uh, it's, like it's, 40s style animation yeah, it's, it's full of references and uh, is a total homage to it so i imagine it's an homage to something that we just don't know about because we don't watch a whole lot of 40s uh animation but anyways, so Fry runs off to uh, find some diamond, and he finds this one little piece. Little. Little. <laughs> it is, like, bigger than he is. Yeah. But it's, it's sort of a more traditional diamond ring sort of shape. Yeah. And so he's like, that's the part I'm going to break off. And so he goes through a bunch of different attempts to try mm-hmm. to break this off. And nothing really does much of it. So he pulls out the Professor's Doomsday device and turns it on. And after and and that starts the countdown of ten hours. Mm-hmm. I do want to point out that he does at one point eat mushroom jelly like he's Popeye. Mm-hmm. And then his arms, uh, like have a mushroom cloud and then fall off of him. Uh, so yeah, so not as good as Popeye. Not as good. If you're gonna, if you need to beat up Bluto, mm-hmm. and save I olive would, oil. Uh huh. I would recommend that you eat the spinach and mm-hmm. not the mushroom jelly i think that's a, a a very very good thing to to say and suggest so back at planet express sometime later mm-hmm. uh, probably about nine hours and 55 minutes later uh-huh fry and leela are up on the widow's walk Ooh, Ooh, that's I, wrote, our, I wrote it down in the notes <laughs> that's our word of the entire podcast apparently <laughs> well we can only learn one thing a podcast so and that was it. And so uh, Fry is like, well, so here's what I did. I planted this doomsday device on the thing to get you a diamond. And if my calculations are correct, it should be falling right onto your finger right about now. Which is a buckwild thing to do because it was bigger than him. Yes. Because that will crush them. It will, yes. it will crush and kill them. You are not wrong about those things. He didn't take those into account in his calculations. I think that's the first calculation you do. Also, regardless of how you feel about diamond rings, do you really want one 
bursting through the Earth's atmosphere and then hitting your hand at terminal velocity? I think not. Absolutely not. That hand doesn't exist anymore. So, uh, anyways. She's got a stump. Fry's calculations, unsurprisingly, are not correct. Not even close. It does manage to break this thing in half, and then this big chunk of diamond goes in front of the sun, and it prisms out and causes this epically big rainbow yeah which is of course in black and white so we really don't get a chance to see the rainbow it's true um the other half of the diamondium comet kind of flies over there as well and then the rainbow gains a new never before seen color that is not like any other color or combination of colors in the world and of course since it's still in black and white (laughs) we just don't get to experience this new color it's true no no new color for us and then the two diamonds uh, hit each other, and it causes them to break, and it starts snowing diamonds, like little tiny, tiny, tiny bits mm-hmm. of diamonds on everybody, and Fry starts proposing as they then get encased in diamond for all time. Yeah, it like crystallizes into like this kind of brilliant shine. It's very, it's very like, it should, it feels like it should take more pressure than that. It's like Diamond Ice Nine. It is. Uh, One billion years later, some alien on some planet is using this big hunk of diamond uh, with Fry and Leela still encased in it to propose to his new bride-to-be. I mean, I I, I like the symbolism in the ring. Either way, that is the end of this section, and Bender pops out like Porky Pig and says, That's all you get, jerks! I would have liked Porky more if he if he if he was <laughs> just incredibly rude to yeah, you. Yeah, if he was just like that's all you get, jerks. I, you know, <laughs> I got no specific uh, beef with Porky, but but you you want him with a little attitude. I want I want some attitude. Yeah, there's not a lot of attitude in Warner Brothers, but Porky Pig could bring it. So the next bit we get is called Future Challenge Three Thousand. And the whole animation shtick here is that it is a pixelated video game. It's There are some very good bits in this one for me personally. Basically, the professor is going to use this hunk of the Daimondium, which serves as... I don't know why they felt they needed to like have one line of, of throughput to each one of these. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such an interesting choice. Anyways, he's got this little lens like yeah, of Daimondium, and he's like, I can use this to solve a bunch of science or whatever. I do like that he's like, good news, multiplayers. And, it's uh, a dumb joke, and I love it. I mean, this episode, this bit is full of... Dumb jokes, yeah. Dumb jokes. Uh, like, uh, Bender's like, bite my 8-bit level ass, and he's like, bite was spelled with a Y. <laughs> it's always great when you have to explain it like that. So Bender scares the professor and he drops the Daimondium lens and it shatters. And then he just kind of like keeps his hand out and it's like, well, fortunately I have another one and it just kind of appears. So they go to the lab, which is literally just all their sprites, just like standing there while the background changes, which is such a great reference, but I couldn't, I couldn't find the, the game that it's referencing or the, even the system. Cause it feels like, like an Atari 2600. If that's a if that's a specific reference, then I don't actually know what that's to. Well, I think I, I think it's I looked for this, I didn't find it, but this this the music sounds very familiar. But I just it feels very like cause cause all the sprites are staying in one space and the background is shifting. I feel I can't I can't be 
100% sure, but it feels like a reference to something. Um, I mean, there's a lot in this one where it's if I mean, there are a lot of very direct. Yeah, like at one references point, at one point Bender is like Hubert and he's cursing. So and I feel like there are a lot of sort of indirect references. Um, that one just triggers triggers something in my brain that's like that feels more like a direct reference, but it certainly could be something that's indirect. Either way, Bender seems uh, tries to use it to get out of hanging out with everybody, but then just kind of warps from one side of the screen to the other, which I think is a really neat, neat little moment. There's a lot of specific references listed on the Infosphere, and that's not one of them, so I got nothing. Okay, fair enough. Um, if you know what we're talking about, please let us know, because right now we've probably created a lot of podcast ghosts right now. <laughs> um, we can't hear your screams, um, but we know you're out there, so send us a tweet. So Add back to Futurama. The professor puts this lens into this machine, and so he's looking at this log. Like a coin slot. And uh, he's looking at this log, and it keeps zooming in, and there's a frog on the log that he found. In a hole in the bottom of the sea. Uh Uh-huh. And they go through that a couple times. It just... It's it's goofy as hell. It's such a weird reference to put into it, because I understand that, like... You know, in the previous bit, they're like, let's just make a lot of 40s animation tropes. And yeah. in this one, they're like, let's just reference a bunch of video games. It's weird that of all the things are like, let's pull out this very specific reference to this very specific, <laughs> like, uh, uh, folk song. Like, I kind of love it, though. I love that they're like, yes, this is what we need to do clearly. So uh, the professor keeps zooming in and... Uh, Eventually, the rhymes break down because uh, after a point, uh, nothing rhymes. Yeah. Like, he gives a specific measurement that I didn't write down. Yeah, Um, something about angstroms. And uh, the professor manages to zoom down into a single pixel. The professor indicates it's so detailed and intricate. And Scruffy says it's a mirror into Scruffy's soul. I don't I don't know because I didn't quite take these notes as well as I probably should have. And I know that you don't have great notes on this. But multiple times, Leela's like does double entendres to Fry. And at one point, Fry's like, Leela, I am listening to a physics lecture. Right. Like anything, anything that could be like, um, I mean, the professor gives some line about like penetrating something. Yeah. And, and the Big Bang and something and, like that. Uh, so, yeah, Leela keeps being like. Hey, like I, I gotta, you know, if you want to talk about you, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, Fry is like, Leela, I'm trying to pay attention to this physics lesson. And it's so, so hilarious. And outside of Fry's usual character that it's just, it's so tremendous to me. And so, uh, this discovery allows the professor to create a grand unified theory that reduces all things into a single formula. It's it is literally the greatest moment in scientific history with leaving no questions left to answer. Hermes is like, great job, Professor. Everybody back to work. And they dig dug out of there. Also, Stephen Hawking's there. Yes. Because this this entire equation was so maddening that it's the thing that caused Stephen Hawking to give up on physics and become a cartoon voice actor. It's it's gone. It's gone very well for him. I do actually really like that joke, considering it's, how Stephen how, Hawking, like, again, because we've talked about this before, because Stephen Hawking was on episodes of, of Futurama and mm-hmm. The Simpsons, yep. 
and you could just get any robot voice synthesis to sure. like stand in for Stephen Hawking, but yet they get the actual real Stephen Hawking to have his real computer yeah, it's, deliver those lines. There's levels there, and they, I actually really appreciate that. It's a very good joke. I I like it very much, and they 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 come back to him a couple times. Like he he double checked the. Uh, the the theory to make sure it was correct and stuff like that but yeah i I think that's really neat the professor gets really sad that because Mm -hmm. of him there are no more science questions left to answer yeah so he he has a sadness meter that goes up while he accepts the last nobel prize ever he is on the front page of the newspaper indicating the search for knowledge ends while the search for porn intensifies and then he kind of goes to a root beer tapper-esque uh bar and just drinks till he's passed out mm-hmm. there's also a uh like donkey kong reference where he's he has to jump over a barrel oh, yeah. and uh it's sort of and a super mario yeah. sort of level and on the news uh we get uh uh today's high scores i love it <laughs> which is just a list of a bunch of different initials and uh which i looked up on the infosphere and there's like a whole lot of references to things like david x cohen is, is in there and stuff like that it's just wonderful this is just it's re- this specific little vignette is just reference central the the next uh thing on the news is how to protect your family from the galaxians uh-huh and uh while the professor is being all sad uh bender's like would it help if i punched fry in the groin <laughs> and then it it really briefly cuts to a, a punch out yeah yeah and then as bender like punches fry in the groin it's it's kind of like super punch out because he goes wireframe well the original punch out in the oh, arcade right, the original had one. that wireframe the super punch out just went back to that as well uh super For- super punch out you had a translucent sort of guy that's fair but but in uh punch out with mike tyson you right just you, were, you were just tiny Mac. tiny tiny dude yeah and so you didn't need to see through him yeah Oh, punch out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's the reference. Punch I, always, out. I always tried. I always really wanted to like be good at punch out. And then I just was never good at it. Yeah, I'm not good at it either. Just can't do it. Well, I'll always just enjoy Soto Popensky. Did you know that uh, there are people who can play through punch out blindfolded? That doesn't surprise me. I watched a whole thing on it and it was very intense. Mm-hmm. That seems like a lot of work. It does. It does seem like a lot of work, considering that I'm lucky if I can get past like the third mm-hmm. third guy on Punch Out. Yeah, it's e- much easier to just kind of chuckle at the name Soda Popinski, uh-huh. which I believe was Vodka Drunkinski in a different... Like, yeah, in the original, but yeah. then Nintendo of America uh, did not want the alcohol reference. But I think Soda Popinski is funnier... Because who names their kid Soda it's, when it's Popinski? It's really, it's really interesting to like envision a a boxing character whose entire persona is like, I really love Soda Pop. I know it's so good. This is why I prefer that name to <laughs> Vodka Drunkinski or whatever it was. Uh, so Fry asks, uh, he asks why the laws of physics are what they are. And that actually makes the professor very happy because now there's a question that can be asked because it turns out the professor wasn't actually interested in the answers. Mm-hmm. He was interested in the question. Yeah. And this question could take could take gallons and gallons of research money. 
and so many interns, and he might not even live to see the answer. Hooray! The pursuit of knowledge is hopeless and eternal. <laughs> and then a big thing comes up that says level complete. I like the I like the level as him having to deal with this this idea that that he solved the last question and had to find the new question. It's a good video game, Ben. Uh, I've played worse. So um, I have too. Uh huh. You ever you ever play Kid Cool in the Search for the Seven Herbs? No. It's a it's a it's a bad Is game. It, that feels like <laughs> it should be a KFC game for for the chicken place. <laughs> Because they have herbs and spices. Uh huh. It should have been. Like, um, that's a tie-in game if I've ever heard of. Like Cool Spot. Uh huh. No, it's Cool Spot was actually not bad though. Cool Spot was better than Kid Cool in the search or the quest for the seven herbs. I can believe it. Uh, Tell me more about this game. So the plot is that there's a king who's really sick and he needs seven herbs to make him better. Um, it has, it would have been a better plot if it was like, sup, I'm Colonel Sanders and I need my herbs and spices to make some good dang chicken. Yeah. I'd play that game. Absolutely. I would. I mean, the gameplay still stinks. It stinks out loud, Mm -hmm. but I I feel like what they should do KFC. This is, I'm not talking about whoever made it, but KFC needs to get the rights to this game. Uh huh. Recontextualize it, maybe make a few tweaks to the gameplay, and put it up on the internet as an HTML5 page. Okay. And then now you've got advertising for your new chicken and waffles or whatever. Okay. Okay. I'm into it. I'm into it. This, uh, Colonel Sanders, text me and I'll give you my Venmo so you can pay me for that. Just send me some uh, chicken and I'll be. Or that. Like, that's also good. I like chicken. So. The last little bit we got is called Action Delivery Force. And today's episode is called Medical Dance Crab with Lesson. I I I like the 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 poor the poor with like scare quotes around it translations with uh-huh. with scare quotes around it cuz 100% they didn't actually translate it. Right. They're just like making up what sounds like a bad translation. So it's a whole uh, anime styled thing. Um, all the Planet Express characters look like badass anime characters. Mm-hmm. Zoidberg in particular is just like this hulking crab monster who just yeah. looks really awesome. And Hermes, I ac- actually really like Hermes sort of styling. He's He's got a katana that cuts through red tape. and uh also like a a trench coat and like he looks he he looks pretty cool i i find it interesting they made a choice in this section to change the professor's voice Mm -hmm. into more of a kind of like the kind of stereotypical like leader voice Mm -hmm. in an anime and i find it interesting true because everyone else has has the same everybody else has the exact same voice um i don't think it's i think it probably helps thematically but it's like all right billy because billy west voices so many characters uh-huh. it's like, billy we're just not going to do the professor for this section of it it's like okay uh so yeah the uh whole point of this one is that the professor has this uh emotion detector and it finds a massive burst of anger from deep space because uh there's this whole race of creatures who can only communicate by dancing mm-hmm. and they worship this uh, uh daimondium comet as a god mm-hmm. but then it gets split in two and then they feel that uh 
foreigners killed their god. Uh-huh. Exactly. I, I do love that they are on Space Planet 4. Excellent. <laughs> I have no follow-up. Yeah, it, it, it and so Futurama sometimes goes, and I think we've pointed this out recently, sometimes Futurama goes into the, uh, we'll just name things, mm-hmm. whatever, don't even name things. I like this one because it's so very specific as a reference to anime being like this is space plan four or whatever i I do love it it's so so, when they know it when they when they're going for it they go for it and i love it so uh the these dancing aliens show up in banana ships like they're big ships that look like bananas there's so many choices that i don't understand and fry wants to lead the uh, defense to fight them and uh then we find out that uh, actually, the only person that could probably do this is uh, Zaptar, I think, which is, I guess, yeah. a reference to Zap Brannigan. Who knows? It's 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 like a Voltron thing going on. Uh-huh, but um, but it was it was destroyed by the Crystal Space Devil, who is actually Leela's brother, Prince Hiroshi. There's a lot there's going a, on. There's here. a lot going on here. This does feel very. So I watched precisely one season of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And it wasn't the first season. Okay. Was it the last? Um, It was not the last. Okay. So it's somewhere in between. I also don't even know if calling it a season is accurate. It's what Cartoon Network uh, declared a, a season, I guess. Yeah. Cartoon Network sat you down and was like, you're watching this. This is a, We're calling this a season of Dragon Ball Z. It was literally just Goku and Frieza talking about power levels Mm -hmm. for about uh like frieza is gonna blow up the planet sure and it's gonna blow up in five minutes and then five minutes later it's gonna blow up in four minutes sure that time and so they're and so they're talking a lot about like power levels and crap like that that and and making references to things i don't understand because i came into the middle of this so I, i would say futurama definitely got that part right (laughs) <laughs> that very specific feel that you get when you come into an anime midway through. So, um, uh, I have I have <laughs> written in my notes Universal Auto Translator, but I don't remember what that's in reference well, to. The, the professor's like, the only hope is to communicate with them and show them our peaceful intentions. And I have this auto translator to do that. Because who knows what, what uh, language they speak. Or they don't speak language. So so uh, Zoidberg tries to be the diplomat, but he accidentally kills Qbert. Um, so Leela decides to send the transmission. And the aliens don't understand what they call all this face flapping. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is accurate. It is face flapping. Frankly, I don't understand most face flapping most of the time. Frankly, I can't understand my own face flapping from time to time. That being said, they interpret it as a threat, and they start their attack on Earth. Uh, so the but, only option left is thrilling space battle. My favorite bit in this whole thing <laughs> is how often it cuts to random shots of like very Japanese style buildings. Yes, with random like it cuts to uh, this just Japanese shrine looking building, mm-hmm. and then the subtitle says Rockefeller Center. Yes like that's one of the best gags in the episode. later on they do the exact same thing and it's omaha nebraska (laughs) 
Like I love that one very specifically because it is so not correct. I like I I really enjoy that bit more more than anything else in this entire section. It's just like <laughs> this Japanese shrine is Omaha, Nebraska, and it gets clearly, blown up. Yeah, clearly. And 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 it's the same shot of it that Japanese style building getting blown up every time. So it's just it's like reuse the animation. It's just it's so on point. Uh, so Fry goes into Bender's compartment, and Bender turns into a giant battle robot. And Fry is inside, like trying to put on his pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fry is just Fry. He's always going to be Fry. Hermes's desk turns into like samurai armor, and he goes down the chute into a helicopter, and then the helicopter turns into a different desk where he does more paperwork. <laughs> it's so great. It's such a great sequence that I had totally forgotten about. And then I watched it and I was like, yes, this is the best thing in the world. Uh, The banana ships turn in. Well, so the Planet Express ship turns into a tank in midair and Uh just kind of like moves off towards it. And then the banana ship uh, destroys everybody, including this Planet Express ship. And then um, the banana ships turn into the gigatron which is a giant symbol monkey i will point out that after the planet express uh ship gets exploded everybody's back at the tables like the professor's like we were defeated in battle everybody seems fine though um but yeah so it turns into the gigatron Uh and then amy has analyzed the movements of these aliens with the some sort of analyzer Mm -hmm. and uh, it turns out they can only communicate through dancing um, they, they they need to do a peace dance, but it has to be smoother and more fluid than any movement possible. Zoidberg thinks he can do such a dance, but Hermes says your shell is too rigid, and I call upon literally anybody else. Um, this is when Bender takes it upon himself to do the dance. Yeah, so Bender and Fry both do this dance that looks kind of like they're dancing on Dance Dance Revolution mats. It's pretty pretty um, funny. And they're like, well, we hope that we conveyed a message of peace, and we get the translation that says, we will kill you and dishonor your widows by making them gather wood. I mean, that's very specific dishonoring, but you know, okay. And in retaliation, this is when Omaha, Nebraska gets destroyed. (laughs) And then Zoidberg has had enough of this, so he jumps up onto this big platform, takes out this like crystal sword, and everyone thinks he's going to kill himself, but sure. instead he jabs it through his shell and his shell breaks off. So he becomes this gelatinous goo. Mm-hmm. And he does, he, he's going to do the gelatinous dance of peace um, where he does this very intricate slash complex dance that we don't get to see because it's just, we don't have enough frames. Yep. And it seems to work because the aliens are like, I underestimated you medical crab. And then uh, medical crab is the best. Uh huh. Or maybe I think one of the Planet Express people say that. I don't, I don't care know. Who Somebody says calls it. him so medical good. crab. I don't really care who says it. I just there's love so the much idea. going on in this thing. I can't keep. I'm lucky that I know how words work anymore at this yeah. point. Chilbin was just kind of letting a wash over him. So, uh, uh, they're like, "Ha! Ah, we've done it!" But another threat from the stars will surely arrive at the same time next week. And they all use their rocket like backpacks to jet away. And that's the end of the episode of Futurama, the Buckwild thing that we talk about. And that means that it is time for... Grades. Here's the thing. I don't... 
I honestly don't know how to grade this episode. I mean, that's fair. Because, so, this is not the first non-canonical uh, Futurama episode. Sure. I and mean, we've had um, tales of interest and things right. like that. Right. So, so, having a non-canonical episode with three random stories is nothing new to Futurama. Mm-hmm. But these are just, uh, yeah, at least with those, you sort of had that uh, what if machine sure. framing device. Um, and they were still, I think, relevant to Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> whereas, okay. whereas I feel like um, it's, it's not that I hate this episode because I don't. Okay, good. Um, I think, I think the various styles of animation that they do are pretty successful they are great little homages to 40s style animation video games and anime mm-hmm. um but i'm also not like oh boy i can't wait to watch reincarnation like i just i don't i really don't know how to to because i feel like as an episode of futurama for the things that I like about Futurama and the reasons I watch Futurama and the reasons that I'm doing this podcast, I'm like, man, it's like an F. Like, I just don't. Right. I don't it doesn't like hit, it. It doesn't hit the things it that is you not, look for. It's not Futurama. But it's not totally unenjoyable either. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's a lot of video game references to placate nerds like me. Sure. Um there's a lot of just random weird jokes that are mm-hmm. actually pretty funny. There's a lot of anime references to uh, to placate nerds somewhat like you. So it's not it's not that it's bad. It's just I don't I honestly don't know how to grade this. I really don't because there's a part of me that's like, oh well, it's an F because it's just not it's not what it's not Futurama. But okay. then there's a part of me that's like, but. It's a fine episode, so like maybe like a C or something. I don't know how to grade it. Uh, I think that's about as as close as I, I I don't I don't know if I can give it a real grade. Uh, I un, honestly un, don't. We found the ungradable episode as an as an episode of television. Um, I will give it a C plus. It's it's decently enjoyable as an episode of Futurama. I will give it an F because it is not. It's, it's not, not Futurama. Like, yeah, that's, I, I think okay. that's, it, it has both, both of those two grades simultaneously because I have no other way to parse this episode. Sure. Okay. You, <laughs> now I have to try to follow that. Good luck. <laughs> I like to think of this episode and I think, um, it requires a little bit of mental gymnastics as a list, a watcher to, to think of it as not, it's an episode of Futurama. Sure. But it's an episode of Futurama that explores the multiverse a little bit. So similar to like Marvel Comics where there are all these different like Earth 616 or Earth 12 or whatever that everything is slightly the same, but then often different reasons. This is to me what this episode feels like. Okay. I mean, I don't really have a point past that. I just <laughs> thought you'd like be like, okay, I could see that, but apparently not. But either way, I, I think that I mean, you can clearly see that the writers are like, I want to do this because I think it's funny. I, I don't think they wanted to do it to 
tell a story about the characters or tell a story about even the setting. It's more about these are how can we tie one plot kind of through the entire multiverse of Futurama, what Futurama could be or could be presented as. And, and I think, I think it's, I, I, I don't know if being, if it's, um, going out on a limb, like being adventurous with it, because I don't think it is. I think it, it, it stays in its kind of usual, uh, wheelhouse of this was cool. This is nerdy. I want to make fun of it. Right. Like, so like referencing video games, referencing anime, referencing 40s animation where there are nerds and geeks about that too. And it seems very within itself, even though it's presenting itself as something wild because it is not Futurama. You're, you're mostly correct there. Okay. You could almost throw any characters into this and turn it like you could do this same thing with the Simpsons with a few changes and you could probably make it work. So I think I, I mean, I kind of agree with you. That as an episode of Futurama, if you're looking for like points where Fry really matters to the plot or like Leela matters to the plot, or if it could be literally any character, like you put two lovesick characters in that first black and white thing, it doesn't have to be Futurama at all. Sure. So yeah, I don't, I think the fact that you can interchange literally any set of characters into this, probably not a great episode of Futurama. That being said, I think it's well-crafted. I think it's interesting and the way they present it is very interesting and i really like it i think it's funny i think it's interesting i think it's it's certainly one that i didn't i i enjoyed watching i enjoyed kind of like letting it happen so i think as an episode of television it's a b and i i think for me i just it's it's that enjoyment that yes it's not futurama but like just because it's not futurama it still has some of the futurama flair to it 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 you're right. It's really hard to talk about. Right. It's I mean it's uh, it's kind of just all over the place. It, and it's similar to I, I was listening to uh, your favorite problematic. They were talking about if you're if you go to a play and you're like, oh, the set design was fantastic. It was kind of a mess, and that's kind of where I think I'm talking about. Like everything up around the plot is tremendous. Like everybody's performances are on point. All the the animation is great. All the you know the choices that you make around the jokes are fantastic. The plot is meaningless. So that's kind of a weird piece of television to talk about. Sure. Okay, I think I've gone uh, I mean, enough. Well, it's. I think that sort of points out though that like it is it it sort of throws out uh, any sort of unspoken grading rubric we previously that's had. Fair, yeah. Um, but. We want to know what you all think about this episode because trying to get it into words was pretty difficult for us. So, and, and you know our our situation with words already. So just you know, uh, so you can do that plenty of different ways. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at Back to the Futurama Podcast at gmail dot com. You can tweet at us at Back to Futurama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook dot com slash Back to Futurama. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so find us there, rate us, review it, and subscribe, and uh, send to your friends so we can all join the multiverse together. And uh, yeah, Patreon, that is a thing. Uh, I've been a little bit behind on Patreon stuff with my island boy vacation time. Chill Ben over here, man. Um, But uh, be putting some more stuff on that Patreon soon. I know we're a little bit behind on live episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got 
uh, our season break next week. So we'll probably be doing the live episode a little late, um, two weeks from now. Uh, so stay tuned for that. If you're a $5 and up Patreon patron, you mm-hmm. can listen to us be bad at words live. Oh boy. And they're great. So Those live shows are buck wild. Anyways, I think that's all we got uh, for this week. So, Except um, for, for our final March Ocean Madness update. Right. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but otherwise, we will see you when space aliens attack us same time next week. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. have a champion i'm looking forward to finding out who it is mike scruffy our overall number one seed has defeated the robot devil meaning the janitorial wonder is our march ocean madness 2019 champion looks like it was a pretty close game there mike let's look it back at those he defeated to win the championship big brain hattie mcdougall glermo lur hedonism bot and finally the robot devil quite a road to mop up there mike let's take a break and look at the final predictions Mike's prediction landed at 6th of 39, and Ben's landed in 36th of 39. That's gotta hurt, Mike, and I would know, because it's happening to me. It's fair to say that for the second year in a row, Ben has been dunked on by Mike. Remember, last year Mike was 16th and Ben was 22nd. It still hurts, Mike. Finally, let's take a look at our prediction champion, the Fighting Mongooses. Congratulations on picking the winners. Ending with 156 points, only 4 points over second place. Congratulations to the Fighting Mongooses, who will be joining our champion from last year, Alex, in having an electronic document showing that they are Futurama experts. Maybe one of these days I'll actually send those out, Mike. We've had a lot of fun here this year at March Ocean Madness 2019 headquarters. For all of us here, we honestly hope you had a good time. I don't have anything else, so ride the walrus!